0: Greetings. How are you today? All right, we're into August now. It's it's hot. <laughs> of course. I think I saw for the 4th of July that it was something like the hottest day on record in the history of the world like for the whole world or something. And I just thought, well, that's, that's great. <laughs> We've certainly had a very hot summer down here in Florida. I have a guest today that I'm very excited about. We're going to talk about project management. And I, you know, I've told you guys before that I have a lot of people reach out to me on a daily basis wanting to be on the podcast. And many of them are either really doing what I do. And, and so there's no need for that overlap or they are completely off base, and it's clear that they've never listened to my podcast and they're just throwing out things. But Ahmed, it really resonated with me because I have had so many questions from clients and those that I've done consults with about project management. And I really wanted to speak to someone who does this on a day-to-day basis to, to talk about the field of project management, and particularly those of you that may want to step into it with another job title. So I think one of the things that's going to come out of today is you don't have to have the title project manager to do project management, and what might that look like? So Ahmed, thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So why don't you start by telling your story? Let, Let the folks know where you come from and all of that.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, no. Happy to. So, uh, my background is mostly in, in tech. I've worked for some of the largest names in in the tech world, companies like Microsoft, like Google. Right now, I'm with Amazon. I've, I've been a, an engineering manager in a lot of these in a lot of these roles. And in addition to that, I also run a, a coaching company, the the Thriving EM, that where I essentially coach engineering managers to be effective leaders. And that's where a lot of these kind of overlap with, you know, with with project management comes in. Because as an engineering manager, oftentimes you have to wear the project manager hat as well. And I'm excited to dive more into into that and, and discuss it with your audience today.
0: Excellent. So why don't we start with a really basic question for people who maybe don't really know what a project manager is? So what do these people do? And I'm wondering if there, if you run across any frequent. Myths or misunderstandings about project management that you'd like to dispel now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's honestly a lot of them. I, I, you know, I don't have a formal definition, but essentially, project managers make sure the project is running smoothly, delivers on time, and you keep the stakeholders involved aware of what's going on on the project, sort of all the time. Some of the biggest myths. Got a lot, especially if you're working with with technical folks or technical people. People tend to dismiss the role of the project manager. You know, they think they just add sort of more hurdles in the way. You know, they they jump in, they ask questions, and they're obviously a lot of the times not really technical themselves. So sometimes engineers and, and the like will think, you know, this this person is wasting my time and just let me let me work on you know let me work on my little piece of the world. In reality, though, project managers typically have a much better what I call a ten thousand foot view of what's going on. If, if you know that, you know, the famous analogy of like, the you know, the, the blind people trying to touch an elephant and everybody touches a different piece of the elephant and they think it's something else. But then if you step, if you step back far enough, you could actually tell it's an elephant. I think this applies really well with, with product managers and, and technical projects because often they see all the different moving pieces across the different teams and they could detect issues early or, or you know, call something out and, and make sure that things continue to run smoothly. So, so that's that's one of the biggest kind of misconceptions uh, the the uh, some of the other ones which I think would be also interesting for for your audience is that you need you know you need an MBA or you need the PMP to to actually get into the field and do the role as a product manager which is completely not true in practice these things can help but they're never sort of a, a prerequisite to actually to get into the field and I'm sure there's a few others that we'll probably dive into as well as as You know, as we continue our chat.
0: Sure. And that was one of my questions about the PMP. That's specifically the question that I get most often from folks who think that they need to have that. Do you have the PMP designation, first of all? And then secondly, what can you tell the audience? Very big picture. We don't need to get in the weeds with the PMP, but kind of what does that process look like to the degree that you know
1: about it? Right, I mean, I do not have it, and I've, you know, uh, and I've been managing projects for some time, and in, in fact, I just helped one of my clients land a role as a project manager recently without a PMP degree either. the The PMP designation itself, it, it's it's nice to have. It's it's helpful. I'm not saying it, it would hurt someone to get it. the The process teaches you sort of the fundamentals of project management and you know how to run projects, but really if you have the practical experience, that's at the end of the day, that's what a, a prospective employer would would care more about and would look for. However, saying that some employers do actually require it. But if you want to get into project management, I, I wouldn't recommend that path to start off.
0: So it sounds like it has a place, it can be important, some employers will require it, but it, it it doesn't necessarily make sense to get it before stepping into your first project management role it sounds like kind of that's backwards we we need that experience we maybe want to put our foot in make sure this is a a, something that we want to do that we are well skilled for and then the pmp can be that sort of cherry on the top of what we are offering a future employer is that a fair assessment
1: Exactly. You got it just right. Yes. Perfect. Yeah, I I believe like stepping into it gives you an experience for the role, especially if you're not sure that's the field you want to get into. And another big point is you're not going to sort of recognize a lot of the lessons in PMP if you don't have that practical experience <laughs> of trying to manage a project at yep. the time. <laughs>
0: I remember Ahmed, when I was in my master's program, I have an MPA, so public administration. And by and large, the folks that were in the program with me were working professionals. I was in a director-level role at a university at the time, and a lot of people were working for, you know, state agencies and and, and that kind of thing. And those of us who were experienced when we would do a case study we would you know i could i can remember one group in particular sitting in a circle and we were talking about well when i had a similar situation this is how i handled it and someone else would say well this is how you know i did something like that and and then the person there was one person in our group on in that particular project that was right out of undergrad and i remember her so clearly just sort of stopping everyone's conversation and saying what's the right answer <laughs> <laughs> and she did not understand that there wasn't a right answer. It was decisions. I think that particular case study had to do with budget, kind of how to allocate a budget based on a set of circumstances. And there is no right answer. And right. Uh, she just didn't. She didn't have that world experience to understand that perspective.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And, and you see that happening a lot, not, not just in, in sort of you know formal designations and, and certificates, but even sometimes, sometimes you'd read the book. And you know, the lessons wouldn't really resonate. And then six months down the line, something would happen and be like, you know what, I get it now. And and this actually makes sense. So so that practical experience definitely, definitely enriches kind of your learning. And, and sometimes I mean most most skills you need to kind of acquire by you know through execution, but by by doing them. Right. You could read, yes. read all the books on project management, but if you haven't tried it, sort of You know, in real life, it doesn't really click or resonate, and so, so yeah, you definitely need that practical experience.
0: So, let's talk about kind of these levels of project management and how somebody might step into that. I've worked with, on one end of the spectrum, I I recently wrapped up an engagement with a client in Canada who was working, he was project managing a $1 billion, with a B, dollar infrastructure project and had all kinds of contractors under him and, you know, all kinds of things. And on the other end of the spectrum, I've had folks who have been, let's say, an office manager, and they've... Managed a project around, you know, something in the office to make the office run more smoothly. Very small scale, but it's still a project, right? right. So. What do you kind of see as the difference in the the skills and the qualities you know that you might need? First of all, what do you need to be a project manager, and what are some qualities you need to kind of begin stepping into those roles? Maybe to raise your hand at your current employer so that you can begin to get that experience.
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question, and in fact, I, I get that a lot, a lot especially from. A lot of the engineering managers that, that reach out to me in, in my coaching practice, because oftentimes they recognize the gap, you know, and, and, and they, they need to step in into a product management role themselves. In terms of kind of how to get, to, you know, what, what kind of skills you need, uh, the first one is, it may sound obvious, but you need to be able to manage yourself. You have to have a good handle in, on how you manage sort of your time and your calendar, and and kind of get your own work done, and have a system for yourself to 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 make sure you can, you can get things done. Because if you're not organized yourself, mm-hmm. you can't even start organizing people or projects. Nope, or <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> right. So 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 it starts there. So that's that's sort of the basic, and and then really every step from that is just you know you're just multiplying you know that skill, and now you just have to do it with more and more people. The second one again may be very obvious, but it's communication. A lot of project management is about the, you know, the management piece where where you're actually managing all the different stakeholders, keeping them in the loop about what's going on because at the end of the day as a project manager, you're not actually addressing the problem yourself, you're not the technician, you're not the software engineer, you know, writing the code or whatever. You're not the person fixing the problem, but keeping everybody informed and involved and, and aware sometimes is is more than enough. So so that's that's number 2. Kind of have you know, having very good communication skills. The last one I will say, and and this kind of helps you go, you know, down that spectrum, you know, from managing a small project in an office to a billion dollar project is the ability to deal with ambiguity. The bigger the project, the more complex the project is, the more I would say chaotic and unpredictable and uh, things would be. And especially the more kind of you know the more tenured project managers, the principals, the, the staff managers, you know people at that level typically have an ability to to be calm and under you know all, all this chaos and all this ambiguity, and, and they're they're good with it. They, they they understand they understand the process, they understand how it works, and they they tend to be they tend to operate in in what I call kind of the gray zone where they you know things are black and white outside of you know what you work on day to day. But they make things black and white for all of their stakeholders and everybody around them. But they are comfortable living in this chaos themselves as they kind of you know, set up the project and organize it and and move it forward.
0: There's so much information there and I was thinking about, you know, kind of that progression from managing that office, small office project up to the billion dollar infrastructure project and one of the things that the gentleman came to me for in that billion dollar project was he was, getting feedback from his superior that he was too much in the weeds and and micromanaging, but he was micromanaging because he was working with all these contractors who were not Taking his authority, we're not respecting his authority. There was too much, there was a lot of ambiguity in this particular situation with who they were actually re- reporting to and who they were, you know, kind of responsible to, I guess. And so we worked very hard on getting him up out of the weeds to be a true project manager. And so I guess what that that triggered for me was thinking about this person who has only ever been an individual contributor. And especially if they move up to a certain level of project management they have to deal with other people and their you know t- timeline and and organizational skills and their communication skills what do you see as sort of the biggest challenge as you begin to have to manage others in a project and and what is it maybe a tip for how to deal with that
1: yeah yeah know that's that's a big can of worms you just, you just hit there, <laughs> <laughs> there there are two. There are two things that I think they, uh, they correlate really well: accountability and aligned incentives. On the accountability front, so so it's, first off, it's it's very hard, like you say, if influencing that authority. If, if I don't mm. actually, if that person actually does not report to me, it's very hard to have influence on them. Yes. So you got to be smarter in how we approach it. Everyone is slightly different, and and I think you know that that comes with with time and experience. You'll start. You know you start to develop a sense a better sense for that but but my my biggest tip there is find ways to connect with the individuals on the project outside of the project itself mm. you know I, I see this mistake a lot especially with more junior folks in any kind of meeting in any kind of work setting they jump straight into the work you know straight to talk about business talk about the project and then as soon as they're done the meeting ends and everyone gets out of there and that's you know doesn't help you long term build you know that social capital with with individuals. So so find ways to connect. It could be as simple as you know the first five ten minutes of a meeting just just keeping casual chatting with folks about you know their days or what's going on in their lives etc. Especially in today's you know virtual slash yeah. hybrid remote world, it, it matters even more so to you know to, to be intentional with that. And then hand in hand with that is is setting up mechanisms to hold people accountable, right, that that could be anything from, you know, daily stand ups to a weekly, you know, a weekly status meeting to, you know, some sort of way to, to make sure individuals are reporting on their progress and reporting on their blockers in a public forum. And more importantly, making public commitments to to the team about what they can and cannot get done in the next kind of phase or iteration. I, I was going to dive into the incentives piece. So, so that's the accountability yes. piece. Yeah, the incentives one is is uh, perhaps a little bit easier. But but essentially, we're all you know consciously or subconsciously moved by incentives. So understanding the incentives in a given workplace will help you move the right needles and make sure the the right work gets done. So, for example, a lot of people want to get promoted or you know get that next you know bump in pay, etc. And understanding that and perhaps working with their direct line managers to ensure that that project is highly visible enough and that their leadership knows about them doing that work and the impact of that work and how that could potentially help them get promoted, that naturally incentivizes individuals to to want to actually do a good job of that and, and work harder on it. So, so finding the right incentives. And it's not always... I mean, promotions is, is the easy kind of case. It's not always promos. Sometimes people are interested in projects where... You know, do you just want to learn a skill or the interested in the field, et cetera, et cetera? But finding that incentive and unlocking it makes your job holding everyone accountable much, much easier.
0: It's this this thought of that very high level of leadership intelligence where you're able to individualize your communication your incentives your incentives how you how you lead people very situationally looking at you know I know what I know what incentivizes this person I know what motivates this person I know how to talk to this person and, and, and there's so many personality implications there and and to your point about the incentives when I when I first came to my last job higher education. I sat down individually with each of my employees, and I said, one of my questions was, you know what 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 is rewarding to you? what would you how would you like to be rewarded? And of course, I expected to hear, you know, time off, I don't know, whatever. But my secretary, she said, ice cream. And I said what, what, what? And so she was motivated by ice cream, very much so. And the interesting thing about that was, I, I sort of at that point said, okay. So whenever we're celebrating something for our student workers or for our employees, full time employees, let's do let's do an ice cream social. She would have to be the one because she was the secretary. She had the 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 P card, the pay card. She would go buy the stuff. She like la- she was happy to do that, so it was incentivizing to her to have an ice cream party, even though she had to set it up and do all the work and I would have never known that had I not asked that specific question
1: that's that's a really interesting story yeah no that that that's actually kind of funny yeah, but yeah well I don't sense.
0: I don't think most people are I don't think most people are incentivized by ice cream it, it kind of makes me happy <laughs> but it the point being to ask the question and and really get to know and what you talked about kind of talking about personal stuff before you get down to business that's how you learn you know who are the dog lovers who are the cat lovers who loves you know fine dining who's a wine enthusiast who goes to every brewery you know like whatever it is who's a bicyclist you learn these things Things, and then you can get creative with ways to incentivize them, you know, in addition to the maybe the money and the promotion.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because a lot of the time, I mean, realistically, you cannot promote everyone or you cannot give everyone a, you know, a bonus or whatever. And, and sometimes you could find these little creative ways to to still keep people engaged in and, and feel that their work is being recognized. Like, Absolutely. React, yeah, Absolutely. more, <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, so let's say we've, we've got some people now interested. They don't have a project management job. They haven't done what they would consider a project management role in their current job. What are some things, maybe three or so things that they could do in the next, I don't know, 30, 60 days that they could set themselves up for that let's call it an entry-level project management role?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, and I get that a lot from, I even get it from, from software engineers that want to get into people management or, you know, it's, it's, it's a very common question that, that, that people, you know, raise. I think the, the three steps in my mind, I mean, it's, it revolves around two concepts. You want to, one, you want to gain the skills, right? You want to build the skills and you want to be able to demonstrate to a future employer that you could actually do the job. And then to land that role, right? Like these are the two things you want to do. So on the gaining the skills part, it's my advice there would be to start by taking initiative on your current job. And that could be something simple, right? Like look at there's always something that could be improved in the way you do work today and then your current processes. Yeah, you know, I'll give you an example of this from you know from one of my clients. They you know they are an individual contributor, and you notice the team was regularly missing deadlines. So they kind of took the initiative, stepped up, and they decided to set up a quick retrospective with the team and you know, dive deeper into the issues and discuss it. And eventually, they, they zoned in on, on an issue with how the co- their code reviews process was taking too long. And they were able to implement a process around it to speed things up, and that helped them start hitting their dead deadlines a lot more frequently. So, so, so things like that. Recognize you know, something that's broken in your current process mm-hmm. or something that could be improved and take that initiative step up to to actually do that role so that that would be my first sort of tip number two is talk to your manager right because all good managers want to support the growth of their individuals Uh, and all the time the manager could even give you ideas and uh, things they want to improve or see change within their team but they just didn't have the time to to do it so if if you step up and you're like hey i want to i want to take care of this i want to help you do that and explain the background that you want to get into project management then they'll they eventually, you know, one, they'll either have a ready thing they've been thinking about, but just never got the time to and they, they propose you for it. Or two, they will propose your name the next time a new idea comes mm-hmm. up or you know, the the a new initiative is 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 being formed, etc. So so having that conversation with your managers is, is very important. And they also could give you other ways to practice. And gain the skills, right? They could start giving you, you know, more more duties in, in the sense of, you know, for example, writing a, a bi-weekly sort of newsletter, you know, to the org, giving everyone an update on kind of the status of ongoing projects, etc. So they definitely can help you a lot there. The last and final tip is around opportunity, right? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's say you've done you've done some of that, you started to gain some skills. Now. The the biggest thing is finding the right opportunity, and sometimes you could find that in your existing company. I'd I'd recommend looking for that internally first, especially if, if you're you know part of a larger cor- corporation. They tend to have you know various departments and various roles pop up, and it's easier to to make a switch internally. If not, then start looking externally as well. Start applying, start interviewing, and more importantly, listing those skills that you gained and those experiences on your resume. You know, talk about how you. You manage a project on, you know, in your current role. How you, what kind of impact you were able to have? I always tell my clients, you know, the the shortest path is a straight line, right? Like if mm-hmm. an external employer offers you a role, your dream role, to be a project manager or an engineering manager today, why wait for, you know, for your current company to to get you there in six months to a year, and that's not even a guarantee, right? So, yeah. So between the, these three, that's that really would be kind of my my recommendation.
0: I apologize, folks, if you can hear yard noises. My, my yard man is, sounds like he's right outside my office window. So if there's background noise, I hope you're, I hope it's not too distracting. What I was thinking of as you were saying that, Ahmed, was I think it's also important to have the right mindset as this, let's call them a baby project manager. And what I mean by that is recognize what you're doing or what you want to do as a project, even if it's on a very small scale. So again, I think of I've had office manager because I've worked with everybody from, you know, recent college graduates up to CEOs and C-suite executives. And, you know, if you reorganized the the, the purchasing system for your company and you, you know, saved the company money, that's a project. And one of the, the, the tricks or, or strategies that I use with clients' resumes is I will often, so they have these bulleted achievements. I will start it by saying project management and then what they did so that I am spoon feeding the prospective employer. Oh, this thing was a project that they managed, right? Like it's I'm, I'm like black and white. There it is. Right. I'm, you know, In bold, it's a project. So recognize, you know, these opportunities. Call them. Use that terminology because that's going to help, A, communicate to the others in your office, your boss, whoever, that you are doing project management. But also it makes a shift in your own mind in terms of seeing yourself and stepping into that belief that I am a project manager. I am capable of managing projects.
1: That's, that's very true. That That's a really good tip, actually. And, and if you look at, you know, existing, so, so there's this theory that, you know, we, we humans learn behavior socially, right? You learn behavior through others. So if you look at someone, if you're, you know, regularly involved in someone that's doing, you know, a certain type of behavior, you start to see that as normal. And you start to kind of make a mental shift that uh, that you want to kind of, you know, do more of that. So, so along those lines, looking at existing job posts for for project managers and reading their requirements, and trying to see how that translates to your current job, because a lot of time, like you say, it's you you're doing it. It's just that you haven't phrased it correctly. Yes, and 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 especially these days, it's really easy to use something like ChatGPT to to rewrite some of your achievements to sound, you know, you know, to, to use the same terms and the same terminologies that you know a project manager say would 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 be hmm Yeah.
0: So as we wrap up, are there maybe one or two tips that you would give people for, you know, kind of that big picture of a successful career in project management, kind of from the 40,000 foot view?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, they're probably, you know, I'd go with super general tips, you know, be very clear on what you want and take a, a long-term view at getting there. I think it's more important to focus on building skills and the more skills you can stack, the the more you compound kind of your career opportunities down the line. Mm-hmm. So it might not seem obvious today, like today you're you're better at organization, you're better at time management, you're better at communicating, you're better at managing projects. But all of these things combined, you know, two, three, five years down the line make you unstoppable and and you know, will land you opportun- opportunities you're probably not even considering right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so that that would be my 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 first tip. And then my last step is you know, get help right you know people like yourself for example you know you, you work with clients one on one to actually curate a process like that for them and, and, and tailor it so so definitely find the right coach the right mentor the right support system don't go at it alone gain those skills and 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 make that move in, in, in your career
0: I think those are are wonderful suggestions and uh, great tools for for folks moving ahead. I think I think the piece also with developing that skill set is you hopefully at the same time are paying attention to what energizes you and what demotivates you so that you can become more focused in the kind of project management that you want to do. And that really only comes from experience. I mean, there are some things that without any experience at all, I can tell you, Ahmed, that I would be a terrible police officer or a secretary. (laughs) I'm terrible at both of those things. And I know because I know the pieces of it and I wouldn't want to do them. However, there are other aspects of a career that I would really need to be in there and doing to say, oh, I don't so much like kind of managing that kind of project or managing that kind of team, and that allows you to become the specialist that you really want to be, which tends to garner the highest pay.
1: Very true. Very true. Yeah, I mean, you know, niches and the riches, like they say, like riches <laughs> and the niches, right? Rich. Oh, I like
0: that. Yeah. Riches in the niches. I'll have to remember that one. <laughs> so, how can the listeners find you, Ahmed?
1: So the easiest way would be through my website, thethrivingem.com. We'll link it in the, in the show notes. I'm sure I've, mm-hmm. I've got an email newsletter up there. I'm also on Instagram where I'll, I post reels about leadership in general. A1wasfi is my, is my handle. And, and again, we'll, we'll post it in the in the show notes for, for folks.
0: Excellent. Well, you guys check him out, especially if you're an engineering manager, or if you maybe want some insight into all those name brand companies that he's worked for. I always find when I work with folks like you on their resume, it's always fun because... There's, you know, it's such name recognition and, and, and it's fun to play off of that on the, in the resume. So I thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And folks, I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope you get some insight into the project management field and maybe how you can step into it or step up within it. If you're already in it, reach out to Ahmed if you have any other questions or want to learn more about what he's up to. And I'll see you next week. Take care.